I'd like to talk about bruceploitation, which is something I knew about inherently because I had experienced it when I was young. In the 80s, it was very hard to find martial arts movies, which was a genre I had discovered. I wanted more kung fu action. I wanted more John Woo-style shooting movies from Asia. Uh, And you had to take what you could get. After Bruce Lee's death, of course, there became sort of a vacuum of power. And nature hates a vacuum. And so what the Chinese did cast any approximation of Bruce Lee that they can find. So they found mostly lookalikes and they gave them new names. And so just to give you a sense of the extent, like, so these are the ones that are documented. There means there was like dozens, if not hundreds more of these. But uh, after 1973, we had the launch of the career of Bruce Lai, who is in today's movie, L-I, Bruce Lei, L-A-I, Bruce Le, L-E, Bruce Leung, L-E-U-N-G, Bruce Lai, L-Y, Bruce Tai, and Bruce Lei, L-E-I. The hope was you would see the cover, you'd see some guy who kind of looks like Bruce Lee, maybe dressed the same, and they'd be doing in in like a pose, so it's obviously action-packed, and you'd see Bruce and Ul, and they just not even bother to read the rest, because now you're too busy grabbing the movie and running to the front of the video store. Some other ones they did were pretty interesting. There's Brute Lee, so B-R-U-T-E-L-E-E, Myron Bruce, that one's not very accurate, Lee Bruce, which I did enjoy the creativity of that one, Dragon Lee, and Bronson Lee, uh, which I assume is the love child of Charles Bronson and Bruce Lee, which which would not be a good human. (laughs) Don't don't know where I was going to end up with that. Not a good combination. Beyond that, they didn't just kind of... See, I want to use the word parody, uh, but they're trying to copy, but they're trying to defraud people into thinking they're getting a Bruce Lee movie. So some of the movies that came out, Re-Enter the Dragon, which sounds weirdly sexual. Enter Three Dragons. And I think what they did in this one, they got like Bruce Le, Bruce Lai, and Bruce Le to all be in the movie together. Return of Bruce. Enter Another Dragon, which is, again... I don't know where my head's at where those sound sexual. I don't think, I guess I just, it's just enter is one of those hot button words for me. Return of the Fists of Fury, which I have seen. Now, I don't remember anything about it, but I know I have seen a movie called Return of the Fists of Fury. And the Clones of Bruce Lee, which I know I have seen. I also, again, do not remember. If I can find those again, I will be getting them because I know the Clones of Bruce Lee, again, has multiple Bruce Lee lookalikes in it now to me bruce lee's whole martial arts philosophy was the definitive feature so there's his look and his style and stuff but the definitive feature of bruce lee was not beholden to the kung fu tradition he grew up he learned kung fu and he said like these move sets are too limited you have to be more fluid you have to be more capable you have to be able to adjust so like set forms are not the best way to do martial arts And it's why maybe he was a step above other martial artists. Most of the movies that I have seen on the list, and that's not a comprehensive list, it's just from the Wikipedia article, most of the movies I've seen on this list of Bruce Lee clone movies or ripoffs or frauds or whatever you want to call them, 
use traditional kung fu. So they're traditional kung fu movies. So there's a lot of... Um, that to me is a marker of 1960s, 70s, and early 80s kung fu. Is that there's a single move. It's well coordinated, but it's a single move, single move, single move. And they both, because they've practiced, it looks really nice. Um, I have always enjoyed the athleticism of good kung fu. Like I know I would say that kung fu is not particularly practical. I'm sorry to hurt anyone's feelings by saying that. It's better than Aikido. <laughs> Am I worried about hurting the feelings of someone who does Aikido? Steven Seagal. I mean, because Aikido has Steven Seagal, uh, there's nothing else to say. He ruined any opportunity for, for, for Aikido to be considered legitimate in any form. That traditional Kung Fu to me is the most stark contrast because I would say that's much easier to teach than what... Bruce Lee actually did, which is why, again, Bruce Lee was different. So let's get on to today's movie. This is shameless cross-promotion of Chunk McBeef Chest's new YouTube channel, CMCBIMDB. For classic action movies, jokes, and reactions, find it on YouTube. Link in the description. When I was doing the Ninja News Japan, I noticed my air filter started flashing red, which means there's, like, stuff in the air. Now it's blue now, so it means it's cleaned it up a bit, but... I'm worried I'm going to start sneezing anytime now. All right, let's go with a C. McBee. So I was walking Dave. Anyone who follows this podcast knows Dave. Dave is my constant companion. He is my rescue poodle. And did he rescue me? Did I rescue him or did he rescue me? My cold, broken heart. Uh, no, he's an annoying piece of shit, but I love him anyways. That's actually just the reality of pissy little dogs. Uh, I, he's like a little Prince Archibald character. He will not go out in inclement weather, weather, which is very important to the context of this story. I was walking Dave yesterday morning, and I was wearing noise-canceling headphones. Now, I am a not particularly social person, and I have found that the world does not understand what gigantic headphones means on your head. If there was any way to send a message to the world that I do not want to hear what you have to say, go fuck yourself. It would be giant headphones. And then if you actually know anything about headphones, you know most of those big ones are noise canceling. So you are hearing nothing from the outside world. I'm walking Dave. And then I hear just this in the background. Now, I don't know what it is. So I turn around to check because I don't want to make, I want to make sure like, you know, I have noise canceling headphones on. I want to make sure I haven't done anything wrong by accident. I haven't messed up someone else's day. So I turn around and there's a older woman just her mouth is going. So I'm like, oh, I think that person might be talking to me. So I am polite, which maybe is a failing. So I take off my noise canceling headphones. I shouldn't have done that. I realize this. I realize I should be slightly ruder. And when I hear the, I should just keep walking. Don't turn around. Don't check. But I guess socially, I have been raised to believe that I should pay attention to other human beings, which you know, at this point, I'm like, that's probably a mistake. Now, let's see. As soon as I realized what this woman was talking to me about, I was furious. I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, but I talked about reactants, and it was like when people tell you to do something, there is an instinct in humans, and I, the reason this resonated with me is because there is a significant instinct in me to not do it. So this woman starts telling me stuff, and it's stuff I don't want to know, and I am 
furious. Now, I'm not going to do anything because, again, I'm socially responsible enough to know you don't beat up old ladies. But the instinct, the desire to just lay into her was right there right away. Uh, she said to me, so this was, she was speaking in Japanese. So she said to me that your dog's a single coat poodle and it's fine in the summer, but it's too cold right now. Uh, you need to get him a coat. Now, I am not raising a killing machine. Uh, he is my confidant. So I am very protective of my little friend. Uh, this little fucking prince refuses to go out if the weather is in any way inclement. If it is raining at all, he will not go out. If it is too windy, he will not go out. If it is too cold, he will not go out. So basically, I open the door in the morning. I put him on the porch. And he decides if he wants to go for a walk or not. The thing is, that morning time is when he has to go to the toilet. It's the, the breakfast kind of part of the day. So I really don't care if he takes a walk. I want him to go out there and, you know, do his business. Now, he will look at me like, the weather is inconvenient for me to be pooping inside. So I shall return inside the house where it is warm and comfortable, and I will poop on your floor. Is this agreeable to you? And I look at him and I go, no, you little piece of shit. You're not pooping on my floor. Uh, we have a whole toilet thing set up for him that he will not use. Uh, a couple weeks ago, inclement weather, it was raining. He wouldn't go outside and poop. And I'm like, I have to go to work. I can't leave him here. He's going to poop on the floor. I knew he was going to poop on the floor. We'd set up this like doggy pad area. And there was a yoga mat out and he pooped on the yoga mat. I was like, you, you piece of shit. Because you know what he did? He pooped on the more comfortable thing. Little, I see how his little fucking peanut brain works. He's like, oh, there's those pads over there where you're supposed to poop. But then this yoga mat's slightly softer and it's more cushiony on my sensitive paws. Uh, and so he pooped on that. And so my daughter came home and she saw poop on the yoga mat. She's like, I don't know if I should clean that or throw it away, but it was an expensive yoga mat. Again, little Prince of Persia over here pooping on the most expensive thing he can find don't think that was accidental if i had my expensive shoes out i guarantee there would be poop in those shoes those shoes i have my own negative feelings towards my little friend over here my little gray fluffy poof face but the reason i'm angry and not going to take any advice from this lady is she had come to the park with her poodle in a coat in a baby stroller with the baby stroller completely covered in plastic. So it was essentially a greenhouse. And then she's walking to the park, you know, starting telling me about like how I should better take care of my dog. And I'm like, you don't even have a dog. Like what you have now is a marshmallow that is barely sentient. And the way you're treating it shows that you're not actually thinking like, okay, yeah, I didn't put a coat on my dog because I know if I... The dog, if it's too cold, he's just going to turn around and go back in the house. I do have a coat for him. We can't put it on. I can make him go outside. But I now have actually come to trust his instincts. If he's not comfortable, he's absolutely going to fucking let me know. Because I don't make decisions in this relationship. I just follow orders, which has given him this pissy attitude where he thinks he can shit on yoga mats. But also Dave does have the survival skills to back it up. Because the reason we got Dave is Dave is a rescue. And what had happened to Dave is some piece of shit out there dumped him in a forest. Now, a prissy little dog, you think, 
not going to survive in a forest. My, my first thought was always, he did it without thumbs. I have thumbs, so I can do things and make things and grab and dig and things like that. I would die in a forest pretty quickly. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't make it. Let's just face facts. I got a skill set. That skill set is designed for a modern society where pretty much everything's taken care of for me. Put me in a wild wildlife situation, and I am not wildlife. I am food. Dave, for an entire month, survives in a forest. I don't know what he's eating. I assume it was grass and bugs because he's not catching anything. He's too slow. He survived. He's a poodle, so his hair just grew and grew and grew. So he looked like this giant sheep. He was underfed. But that's how we got him. This dude is a survivor. And how he ended up with us, with his life, where he's now like, I will only shit on yoga mats. Okay. He's, he's paid his, he's done his time. This, this woman with the fucking dog and a baby stroller pissed me off so much. Because I'm like, you are so far gone the other way. You should not be telling anyone how to live their lives. And she's acting like I'm ignorant. And I'm like, no, it's still an animal. It still needs to walk by itself. You don't put it in a fucking baby stroller, you fucking psycho. You make it walk from your house to the park. You make it do things. Like, I'm just thinking its heart's going to explode really soon. I do get you want your animal to be comfortable. My dog sleeps on a bed on my bed. It's double bedded. But I also know if I stick that little fucker in a forest, he's going to survive for at least a month. And he's earned the right to have this chill time where you and your animal absolutely have not. Talked a lot about capitalism and see me be for the last little while because there's news stories that come up and it's capitalism something I'm finding very interesting. Late stage capitalism is something we talk about a lot. It seems to be an experiment that is widening the gap between the rich and the poor, which is going to lead to a problem sooner or later, ironically, for rich people. And that's the bit I think they don't get. Like, this gap is bad for them. But this also leads me into really weird stories, just stories of companies overstepping because it's rich people thinking they can do whatever they want and get away with it. And when they can't get away with it, it's always a bit of a comeuppance. So there was a woman, and she had a newsletter. And in her newsletter, she talked about eBay and an eBay, Amazon lawsuit specifically. 30 minutes after publishing this story in her newsletter, the CEO of eBay sent a message to another executive saying, if you're going to take her down, now is the time. So my first thought was, CEOs don't do very much. There was someone pointed out that Elon Musk is the CEO of seven companies. And that's supposed to sound impressive, but it actually makes you think, the CEO clearly doesn't do that much if he can be CEO of seven companies at the same time. Like he's not making real day-to-day decisions. He's not really like guiding the company if he can do seven or eight companies at the same time. So the more companies someone is the CEO of actually means in my mind, they are less effective as a CEO. But this CEO uh, sent this message to the security director and he sent a message out. He said, this biased troll needs to be burned down. So what did they do? And this was, to me, the more important part was like, what did this meeting look like? So you have the security director. There's two people actually are doing jail time for this right now. And two people are still kind of having it worked out what, like, what their participation in this was. 
because this was organized harassment. The actual crimes, let's put the crimes out there first. Obstruction of justice. So pretty obviously they were trying to not help the police catch them. Witness tampering. They were, they were using intimidation tactics as part of their harassment campaign. So the idea that they would do witness tampering is not actually out, out of hand at all. Uh, stalking, interstate travel stalking, and online stalking. So what were they actually doing? So the security director seems to be primarily responsible for these current actions. The CEO who said, like, go get this lady, he quit before this was finished. And then the current CEO is like, oh, sorry, it wasn't us. It was the previous CEO. And now he's not involved, so he's not getting arrested. I wasn't involved, so I'm not getting arrested. This seems like a very CEO-oriented style trick. And I'm, I think uh, everyone should get a little something out of that. Oh, she actually said, we continue to extend our deepest apologies. And then we've had new leadership since then. And we're, of course, we're doing our better to train people. Do you have to train people to not harass other people? That's a very good question that should be put out there. But first of all, it started with online threats. So the people, the security people at eBay were sending threats to this person who had a newsletter talking about a lawsuit between eBay and Amazon, which actually makes me think that that's one step away from what I'm doing right now. I talk about companies suing each other and stuff all the time. I guess her newsletter was more popular than my podcast, which makes me feel a little sad right now. They surveyed their home using employees. So imagine this part. You're working at eBay. You're a security guard, I assume. Because this security guy would have sort of, his purview would be over the security personnel. He'd be like, we got a special mission for you. And I was like, wow, does eBay have special missions? <laughs> You're going to go and do a stakeout. Like, dude, I'm a security guard. I like walk around the hallways. I do not do stakeouts. Like, no, no, you're gonna do a stakeout. You're gonna go to this person's house. I don't even know if this is actually accurate. I don't know if it was security personnel or if this security director was just like any staff. He's like, I want you, IT guy, to go stake out this lady's house. And the IT guy's like, well, leave the office. That sounds great. There are a lot of questions there of how this went down. Just it's these fundamental details are the most interesting part to me. Because they don't give them out, I'm actually. I construct them in the head, in my head. You can actually see where my, where I'm going. But so he has a conversation with someone. He's like, I want you to go and survey this person's house. You can do a stakeout. You're going to watch when they come home, when they leave. You're getting paid. You're getting your paid, your salary to role play as a detective or a cop or, a, or, or like some hero you have from a movie. So someone was on board with this. They surveyed their house. Uh, they tracked their movements. And then they're like, okay, well, we've got to do some harassment. Because, of course. And they're like, okay, so they, they must have had a meeting. They're like, okay, so they have a meeting. Security director sits down with some other guys in the office. These are all office personnel. They're like, okay. Uh, we have this, this woman. She sent down a newsletter. And we'd like to make sort of a response to that, that eBay is not particularly pleased with uh, how she's presented us within this newsletter, newsletter within the, the construct of the newsletter she's created. There's a lawsuit going on. We don't think she should be talking about it. We don't really appreciate her opinion. So we were thinking be a great idea to send her some live spiders. If I was in a business meeting and that came out, I'd be like, what? No, you can't send someone live spiders. That's not a good thing to do. He's like, no, no, okay. Live spiders and second package, 
cockroaches, live cockroaches. How about we send them some live cockroaches? And again, I'd be sitting there going like, this seems unhinged. This seems like a bad idea. This seems like not the way we should forge forward into a new future with our company. Sending people we don't like live cockroaches and live spiders. Oh, we're not going to stop there. We're going to send them a bloody pig mask. Now, I'm going to go ahead and guess the blood was not real. The bloody pig mask was sort of the description of the mask, the whole mask. So I actually, in that point, was like, hey, free mask. I mean, that's not so bad. Live spiders, live cockroaches. I don't want that in my house. Bloody pig mask? Halloween's taken care of, I guess. Uh, And then finally, a book on recovering from the death of a spouse. So uh, a slightly veiled threat that your spouse may or may not die soon and how you could get over it should this incident happen, coupled with pig mask, live spiders, live cockroaches, sending a message that the harassment is quite clear. The punishment for eBay was $3 million fine, which I feel like... That's not enough. I feel like company like eBay is, eBay is a big company. These two guys did jail time, but yeah, I'm just like, did they? I guess I don't know the fallout for the actual people who are being harassed. But that is organized harassment by an online retailer. And at some point they thought this was okay. They were going to get away with this. This is a good thing to do. So thankfully I have never and. I'm never going to shop at eBay. I was just about to say I was never going to talk about eBay, but I just, (laughs) I'm sure they don't want that out there. So if I get some live spiders, actually not that, you know, because I'm assuming the spiders were in a package. So like they didn't just like scurry out like they would in a horror movie. Like that would be bad because I'd have spiders all over my house. I would have to catch them. I wouldn't be as freaked out. Uh, The pig mask, free pig mask. The book, I don't know, it depends how well it's written, to be honest. But capitalism. You can see, I actually blame that on the high-level C-suite executives feeling they can do whatever they want to whomever they want and get away with it. Well, it turns out in communist countries, same problem. So it's not inherently capitalism that's the issue. I guess you could, maybe this is capitalism as well, or this is capitalist attitude, I'm not sure. But this is in China, a Chinese advertising agency said we're going to move our office from the city, fairly large city, uh, to a countryside, a remote location. And there is some suspicion that they did this on purpose to try to get the employees to quit. So let's give you the whole story. They moved from the city to a mountain with limited transportation. Now, what does that mean? It's a two-hour commute one way. So basically, if you don't have a car, there were almost no options to actually get to this office. If you had a car, you had to drive two hours and the company saying, we're not going to pay you for the wear and tear on your car, the gas or anything like that. There was a bus every three hours. But if you even managed to catch the bus and take it to the location, you still had a three kilometer walk from the bus stop to the office. If you took a taxi, you could take a taxi from the train station to the office, but the company wouldn't cover the cost from the, for the taxi. So they were like, all the burden is on the employee. And you'd say, that sounds pretty bad because they're making this commute miserable. They're making it impossible for you to come to the office. That was not it. The building itself had no women's toilet. 
So if you were a woman and you worked for this company, you had to walk to the nearest village to use a public toilet. They said that this was made worse because the stray dogs made it unsafe. And after dark, it was worse. I guess the dogs get buffed after dark. It's like those zombie movies where the zombies are bad during the day, but at night they're worse. There were 20 employees and 14 after only a few days. It was four days later, 14 of the employees had quit. So then the company moved back their headquarters back to the city and immediately put in an ad looking for new employees. The employees are like, hey, we don't think this was a sincere move. We think you moved the office to try to make us all uncomfortable so we would quit so that you could, instead of firing us, because there is within the contracts uh, in China, you have to, if you fire a group of people or you do something like that, you have to compensate them. And you didn't want to pay that compensation. So you moved to an office, not sincerely, and you waited for us to quit and then you moved right back to the city. That's what we think happened. And the company's like, we're going to sue you for slander. That is not what happened. We moved to the countryside because we had to. And yes, there were no ladies' toilets and you had to walk through wild dogs to get to them, but that was not on purpose. That was not part of our plan. They said rent was high and the new office was being renovated, so we temporarily moved there from where we were before. Now, the employees were told that the new location was a headquarters for at least a year, if not more. So what they're saying is like, oh, we knew this was only going to take a couple of weeks for renovation. But the employers are saying, that's not what you said to us. You said we were going to be working there for potentially years. In China, if you change location without employees' consent, it is actually a breach of contact. And so this company is now in trouble. Uh, I don't have a lot of access to Chinese news, if I'm being honest. So I do want to follow up on this story and see if the company gets in trouble, how much they get sued for and stuff. But it's not going to be like the eBay thing where everything's on the internet and available. It's going to be a lot harder for me to get. But it seems like the nature of companies, be it in a capitalist or communist society, is exactly the same. And at the end of the day, we're all fucked. But most importantly of all, don't listen to crazy ladies in the park.